Welcome to Take Him With You, the weekly podcast that's spiritual, not religious. Today I'm going to be talking about can you have too many computers, green fog, electric guitars, and more. so glad that you have decided to join me for Take Him With You. You know, you can always just grab a hold of this podcast and take it wherever you go. That's what it's intended to do. Today, I'm going to share with you a really interesting story about my life when I was a youth leader at the Presbyterian Church in Hoquiam. Got invited to a rock concert up in the Tacoma, Seattle area. I took a bunch of kids and my life changed forever. I'll be back in a couple of minutes, and we will talk about what's going on at Rick's house. Wouldn't it be great if every Monday morning you got something in your email that you could really dig into and help you have a good attitude during the week? It might make you laugh or feel better about life. It could even challenge you to think different. Well, Amy and I, that's my wife, by the way, want to start a phase two of Take Him With You by publishing a weekly email newsletter called W. E, that stands for Weekly Encouragement. It will be full of encouraging stories, articles, and little tips on getting you through the week. The podcast that you're listening to is free every week, and you can download it and enjoy it and pass it on to your friends. But to be able to support our family, we thought it would be a great way to provide a weekly encouragement, giving people an opportunity to invest in the idea of reaching people worldwide. So that's why we want to offer a, a cool newsletter that you can kind of get in your email box on Monday morning to help Mondays be a little bit better and maybe even the whole week feel better. Uh, both Amy and I will be contributing weekly as well as our kids from time to time. And anyone giving over 20 bucks or more per month will receive an exclusive content in this newsletter each week. Some folks have been giving much more than that, and we really, really appreciate it. We're taking subscriptions now by either PayPal or you can write a check and send it to us. If you just click on the PayPal button on the uh, newsletter uh, on the Take Him With You website.com, takehimwithyou.com, then you can find out more information. Or you can just email me at rick at takehimwithyou.com and let me know that you really want to be part of that and you want to get the newsletter, and we'll certainly help you out. The first uh, newsletter comes out tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow on the first or the 2nd of March. So sign up today if you get a chance. Well, let's find out what's going on at Rick's house right here on Take It. Hey, thanks everybody for your great feedback. Um, I've been getting lots of feedback from about the show, and looks like everybody's enjoying it. I've had a few suggestions, things not to do while podcasting. My wife, my friend Kenny from California, and others have suggested that I do not eat while I'm doing the podcast. That for some reason, eating doesn't translate, translate? Well, it does make gain weight, but anyway, translate. It does not translate over the microphone into your earphones while you're walking or doing your thing. It just is kind of gross. And uh, not until I listened back to it did I go, oh, I can see their point. So you have my word, unless it's a really dire emergency, I will not be eating on the show any longer. So breathe and rest easily, everyone. (sighs) Take a big, deep breath. Hey, you know, I was sitting here thinking about all the good things we could talk about. It's going on around my house. And I got to thinking of the fun that we have 
Um, how many have watched the program CSI? Now, there's three different CSI shows on. There's the regular CSI that has been on forever. And then they started up, I think it was, uh, was it CSI New York came next or was it Miami? Well, anyway, and then there's CSI, oh, there's CSI New York and there's CSI Miami. And all of them have kind of a different flavor. How are you liking the guy that took Gil, a.k.a. Bugman Grissom's place? What do you think of the new guy? I'm not sure what to think quite yet of the new guy. I really haven't been into it since... since. Gu- is this a spoiler? I guess it is. Sorry, didn't mean to ruin it for you, but if you're watching CSI and you aren't caught up... Um, well, I mean, it's all over the news and stuff, too, that, that Gil Grissom, uh, the main guy, who got paid mega billions of bucks to play on that show. My goodness, he got so much money per episode. It wasn't even funny. And now he's uh, not there, I, and they replaced him. And I can't remember what the guy's name It's the guy from The Matrix. <sighs> See, I should do my research before I do a podcast. What am I? Come on. Gee whiz. Anyway, all three of them have a different flavor, the shows. And, you know, every week they're trying to solve a crime, and... I, I think CSI has has kind of brought up the numbing level of grossness on TV because they show, like, dead bodies and parts being ripped off. It's just pretty gross. Uh, and it kind of has raised the, the bar. Well, not raised the bar, but lowered the bar as far as standards is concerned on TV. Talk about realism. So gross. It's not the kind of show that you eat popcorn and watch unless, of course, you have a real strong stomach, you know. But anyway, we we're laughing because uh, Nathan and I like to watch CSI Miami just to do impressions of Horatio. Horatio's the red-haired guy that uh, is the leader of their squad there at the at the CSI Miami um, station, and and uh, he pulls off his glasses and says some of the most hilarious lines. His actions, and we and we are good at doing his imitation. And sometimes I'll just look at Nathan, and say, Mr. Moyer. You'll regret this. I guarantee it. You know, but then Nathan can do the impression great. I'm going to have to have him come on the show and do the imitation just so you can laugh until you hurt. We watch and just study some of the lines and then we'll say them to each other and we'll laugh hysterically and wake everybody up because it's fun. And then he, my, my son Nathan does not like CSI New York. He, just, he thinks it's horrible. Mac Taylor and the group there uh, doing their thing. I actually, I kind of like all three episode, or episode series. Uh, just because they're unique in their in their flavor, and have you noticed, CSI Miami is all yellowish looking and oranges. Um, CSI New York is all blue and uh, and greens, and then the regular CSI, I, I don't know. It's just kind of got. It's kind of just normal as far as their cin- cinematography is concerned. I just think it's interesting. Don't even know why I'm talking about CSI, other than I think a lot of people watch the show. And, uh, you know, it's fun to, to get into the mystery of it all and who's done it and stuff. But, boy, sometimes they really can work you around. Some of the writing is fantastic. I used to really, really enjoy it. It does seem, though, in the later years now that it's starting to get a little repetitive as far as uh, how they do it. It's, it's pretty much like Law & Order where, you know, you pr- pretty have pretty much have the same scenario. Something happens. you got to figure out what happened, who did it, the twist happens, and then you end with a resolve. Um, I've really enjoyed it when they've done some story arcs, though, like on CSI Miami, a lot of good story arcs there, and also on CSI. Not so much. I guess I guess they did a little bit on CSI New York, too. But anyway, that's my opinion. I, I like the shows. They're kind of fun. They are a little gross at times, and I just kind of turned my head away. The one thing that I have to say that is really cool is geekiness has been made cool on CSI because they'll play some cool hip-hop tune like that I get off my keyboard while they're testing DNA. It's hilarious. It's like... 
Mr. Wolf, do you have the DNA sample? Why, yes, Horatio. Just one moment while I put it into this really cool collector item and snip it off the Q-tip into this vial of liquid and then put it in the machine when we hear this. And then the blood sample swirls around in this, like, machine microscope thing. And then and then all of a sudden, you, it pans over. And they're showing you all these geeky things they're doing that would be absolutely mind-boggling boring if you were just to sit in the lab and watch them do it. No offense to any of you that are chemists or CSI people. But honestly, I mean, they shorten it all up. It takes weeks to do this kind of stuff. But they do it in about uh, a one-minute uh, montage with cool uh, rave music behind it. And then all of a sudden, at the very end, it's hilarious. And then, out of the printer comes this great color uh, chart, and then they hand it to Horatio. Here you go, H. You know, and he's like, ah, I see the metachlorines are up high on this one. You know, it's great. Anyway, I love CSI. It's just so fun. <laughs> Okay, so we're online the other night. I'm, I am I started a MySpace. Not my, I've had MySpace for a long time. You can always check out my MySpace page at uh, myspace.com slash moyer777. Lots of fun things on there. i got a blog and some other things that I do. And tons and tons of pictures that I take. I'll talk about my camera later. But uh, we were on, I started a Facebook page. My wife had been doing Facebook for a while. Lots of people said, well, it's the adult thing, Rick. You shouldn't be. I mean, it's creepy that you're on MySpace. It should be just teenagers that are on MySpace. What are you doing on there? You're 43 years old, for goodness sakes. I'm like some stalker guy. I'm not a stalker guy. Thank you very much. I just thought MySpace was cool. It's got lots of cool graphics and little. Okay. Okay. Maybe it is a little juvenile, but I like it. So there. But anyway, somebody said you should really graduate to Facebook or at least have both because there's so many people on Facebook and it's so fun and you can network and talk to people who write on each other's wall. I thought I gave up writing on the wall when I gave up crayons when I was a kid. But no, no. So I signed up for Facebook, which, by the way, takes a phenomenal amount of hours to keep up with if you really want to talk with your friends because there's just so much to do and people leave messages and they expect you to get right back to them and I don't know. It's just, it is quite fun. So anyway, I log on to Facebook the other night and I'm typing away, doing some correspondence with folks and talking about the podcast. And and then all of a sudden I realize um, I get this, uh, this message from Maureen, one of my friends, and she says, wow, the Moyers, there's lots of Moyers on Facebook tonight. And then I looked around my front room to realize that my wife was on Facebook on her computer, my son was on Facebook on his computer, and I was on Facebook on my computer. So three of us in the Moyer household, not five feet from each other, were on Facebook at the same time, and we didn't even know it. You know it's bad when the other day when I'm sitting here working on something on the computer and um, have my earphones on, all of a sudden the little blip comes up, and it's my son asking me to take my earphones off, and he's only three feet from me. That's pretty funny. Actually, sad, but funny. So I ask the question, is it, is it, can you have too many computers? <laughs> I was thinking, how many computers do we have in the Moyer household? This is probably stupid. I have my address on the internet. But anyway, we have lots of computers. I know one, two, three, four, five, six. We have six or seven computers in the house, but we use them for everything, and they are very used. We've had more 
at times. And I've, we, you know, I've replaced my computer several times and carried the data over. You know how that all works. But can you have too many computers? And does having all these computers and being connected with everybody all the time, does it take away from the quality of life that a family could have if we didn't? That's a great question. I don't know. I, I think it enhances the Moyer home because we do communicate live. I mean, we sit down and have dinner together on on a semi-regular basis, more since I've been home and not at the, at the office as much. But uh, I don't know. It's kind of fun to be able to check up and talk with each other and have that communication available. But it doesn't really replace a, a hands-on you know, relationship where you can go out to lunch with somebody, you know, or you can sit down and have a conversation eye to eye. However, I have to say that the online communities are so cool. I mean, I, I love my Trex and Sci-Fi family. I'm on a, a forum at treksandsci-fi.com slash forum. And there are some wonderful people that I really feel close to as friends. We've gotten to know each other. I mean, we've never actually met but we've talked many times and shared our hearts and talked about life and what's going on in our work and all these different things. And if it wasn't for the computer world, it wasn't for the Internet, we would have never met. And quite honestly, I have some very, very good friends. I know we used to make fun of people that would hook up on the Internet. But, you know, the Internet is a pretty cool place to be able to connect with people. As long as you don't get freaky and weird, you're okay. And that's why it's it's important to not just have friends that are online, but also have, to have, have friends that you can go out to lunch with too. It's a balance, you know. But anyway, can you have too many computers? I don't know. At our house, we have two. I, I guess we might have too many computers. I don't know. It's just kind of fun. <laughs> and that brings me to the other thing I wanted to talk about today uh, as far as our house. I, I haven't talked as much about TV. I did a little bit about CSI. But I wanted to talk about the concept of blogging because I, I think it's misunderstood. I've tried to talk to some folks that are like 40 and older about what blogging is all about, and they kind of lose them. They don't under quite understand why I would want to put information out for everybody to read. Yet if you talk to people, you know, 35 and under, blogging is just a, a way of life and a style of expressing ourselves. And I thought that was very, very interesting how there's kind of a generation gap when it comes to blogging. Now, for those of you that don't know what blogging is, what it is is you, you sign in on the computer to a place where you can write your thoughts out or you can share recipes or you can talk about whatever you want to. And you don't have to spell anything correct. You can just go for it and just put your thoughts out there, push a button, it publishes it to a website that well that some people can go to. I mean, you can have restrictions on it, but uh, if you open it up, people all over the world can read your thoughts and follow your life, and you can kind of like log. It's like it's like a modern day diary that you would share with other people. There's even places where you can do blogging where nobody else gets to read it, so they just keep it on a server somewhere, and you can just keep track of your life. But what has happened is it's become a phenomenon because people are really enjoying listening and th and getting into the thoughts of other people, and it's, it's been a really kind of a cool thing just to be updated in life. My friend Kenny from California keeps one of the best blogs that I know of. He he really he takes a lot of time on it, and if you go to my blog, which is moyer777.wordpress.com, and click on Kenny from California, he and and Jedi Jeff, uh, Jedi Jeff, I, he doesn't call himself on that. Um, uh, Jeff from Canada, uh, Kenny, my friend, uh, Jen and Angela have the Anomaly uh, podcast blog. Some of those folks keep their blog up to date um, quite often. And you can check them out. And it's, it's just fascinating because you kind of get a picture into people's lives that you would not, nor maybe you're not in their circle of, of friends. Maybe you're not in their world. 
You know, I talk, my, my friend Kenny and I are really, really good friends. But as he stated and as I've stated, we come from two different worlds. And uh, it's fascinating, though, because I really enjoy listening and, and getting into what he is talking about because it, it, it opens up my mind and makes me look at things, makes me look at things from a different perspective and point of view. And I think that's wonderful about being able to share in a community or, or, or reading somebody's thoughts on a blog really helps you to understand them more. And uh, I know that Kenny enjoys reading my blog as well. And we come from two different complete backgrounds, two different complete lifestyles and, and everything. But we're good friends uh, because we concentrate more on the things that uh, we agree upon or that we share in common than we do that we don't. And, and, we, and we learn from each other in the places that we don't um, share those particular things. So it's just really, really a cool thing. Blogging is fun, and it's, re- it's a way to get your feelings out, and it's a way to express yourself in a way that's creative and kind of high-tech and geeky. I just like geeky stuff. So I just really encourage you, if you've never written a blog, you know, there's several places that you can do. I, I like the WordPress blog. If you go to www.wordpress.com, you can sign up and do a free blog right there. It doesn't cost any money. You just have to have an internet connection. And you can start blogging your thoughts and posting pictures and sharing all sorts of links that you come up with or YouTube videos that you see that you think are fun. You can put those on there and share them with your friends and family and, and anybody else who happens to, to find you on the, on the web. Blogging is really cool. It's a great outlet. And uh, here at the Moyer household, I'm the blogger man. Uh, Nathan started a little blog that he does once in a while on MySpace and on on his own blog. Um, my wife, I think, would is is really into Facebook right now, so she kind of blogs that way. But uh, but anyway, blogging is cool, and our family really enjoys it. Well, I don't want to bore you anymore with what's going on in my house. We have lots to get to today. I did want to say that I've been praying for you. Uh, I take every Monday and I go and I study for the next podcast that I'm going to be doing. And I take a list of folks that I need to pray for. And if you'd like to send your prayer requests in, I would love to pray for you. Just send them to rick at takehimwithyou.com. And I put them in a little folder and I print them out and I take them with me and I go to a park or somewhere here where I live. And I just take them out and I just begin to read those off and I begin to pray. And I just ask God to bless you and help you in whatever situation you're in. And I pray for a lot of people, not just people that send me the emails, but but just everybody I'm connected to and and uh, if there's an issue going on or something you think that's important that you'd like prayer for please don't hesitate to give me a an email I'd love to pray for you I, I, I love it it's so fun and it's exciting to be able to um, to to bring your requests up before the Lord I mean everybody can pray where they're at in fact that's cool about about being a Christian to me is that no matter where you're at when you're at you can pray and God hears you uh, but I think it's important too to have other people pray for you not just yourself so Email me, rick at takehimwithyou.com, and I'll pray for you, okay? Okay. The Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. Sci-Fi Entertainment News and Commentary. I am Locutus, a Borg. Star Trek Episode Analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. 
the weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com. Yeah, Rico's podcast was actually one of the first podcasts I ever listened to. I did a search for Star Trek on iTunes and uh, wanted some free stuff to listen to, and there up came Treks in Sci-Fi podcast, and I clicked on it. Um, Listened to it, uh, many, many episodes of it, and then couldn't resist over the Christmas holiday. I signed up on the forums, and and I joined a great community there and really, really enjoyed it. I recommend that you go check it out, www.treksinsci-fi.com slash forum, F-O-R-U-M. Well, it's time once again for Words of Wisdom on Take Him With You. Today's words of wisdom come out of John chapter 3 from the Message Bible. Here's what it says. There was a man of the Pharisee sect, Nicodemus, a prominent leader among the Jews. Late one night, he visited Jesus and said, Rabbi, we all know you're a teacher straight from God. No one could do all this God-pointing, God-revealing acts that you do if God weren't in on it. And Jesus said, you're absolutely right. Take it from me. Unless a person is born from above, it's not possible to see what I'm pointing to, to God's kingdom. How can anyone, said Nicodemus, be born who has already been born and grown up? You can't re-enter your mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this born from above talk? Jesus said, you're not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to his original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the visible, a baptism into new life, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. When you look at a baby, it's just that, a body you can look at and touch. But the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch, the spirit, and becomes a living spirit. So don't be surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. Cool words of wisdom from Jesus right here on Take It Me. Well, it's time for Food for Thought. So... Last week we talked about how I was asked to be the youth leader at the Presbyterian Church in Hoquim. I didn't know God from a hole in the ground, and here I wasn't able to really help the kid or the kids that had come to me for help because I didn't really know how to help them. I didn't have any training, and, and well, honestly, I think the, the biggest thing is I just didn't even know who God was, and so how am I supposed to help people spiritually if I myself don't even know what's going on? So it was really a, a difficult type of thing. Well, anyway, as, as things go, I remember getting a phone call or a message, actually, from the Puyallup YMCA. A lady by the name of Jill Nicholson had called and wanted to know if I would be interested in bringing my kids to an event. So I called her back and spoke to her on the phone, and she said, Hey, uh, there is this great Christian rock concert coming up up here in the Tacoma area, and we'd like you to bring your kids to it. If you get X amount of tickets, if you buy X amount of tickets, we'll give you one free so you can come as the as the leader and bring the kids to something really cool. Well, when she said the words Christian and rock together, I thought, you know, I remembered listening to like Rez Band and Larry Norman and Petra and stuff like that that I'd gotten from that uh, Christian girlfriend that I had. And I remember thinking, wow, go to a real Christian rock concert? That might be kind of cool. That'd be cool. That'd be very cool. 
because as you know, I really, really liked rock and roll. And I thought, you know, just a concert would be fun to go to. And and really, the tickets were pretty reasonable, as I recall. And I thought, well, I think that would be a fun event. <laughs> so when the kids got together the next time, I said uh, to them, how would you guys like to go to a rock concert? Well, of course, they were all like, yeah, rock on. You know, they were all excited about that. And so we started raising the money for it. And lo and behold, lots of people gave us money and the kids went out fundraising and pretty soon we had purchased all the tickets for the concert. We rented a van from a local car dealership here uh, and we we got it all ready to go. I couldn't I wasn't even old enough to be on the insurance of the van. So I had to get a chaperone to come with us. But I'll never forget uh, when uh, we we got to the church and. There, I've never seen so many Twinkies and Pepsi bottles in my life. We ha- I think we probably take 15, 20 kids or so. I, I think probably probably more like 11. I'm not exactly sure. But I, I just remember <laughs> seeing all these kids and all the junk food and thinking, this is going to be quite an experience. And I, I remember bringing my little, uh, what do they call it, uh, the cassette recorder. They, oh, we called them um, boom boxes or ghetto blasters or whatever they were called back then in the in the uh, the eighties. But anyway, I had that with me, and uh, one of the kids had brought a Twisted Sister cassette tape, so we popped that into the cassette deck, climbed into the van, and uh, you know we're not gonna take it. No, we're not gonna take it, and we were off. And we had to drive an hour and a half to Tacoma for this concert. And, I mean, the kids were excited, but really deep inside, I was pumped, man. I got to go to another concert. Yes, this is going to be great. And I just had no idea what I was in for. Absolutely no idea. So we drive on the way up, and we're listening to Twisted Sister and Iron Maiden and a couple other bands. And the kids are getting a kick out of it, and we're all talking and everything. It's kind of noisy and everything. And we pull into the parking lot. I think we were at Pacific Lutheran University is where the concert was at in their uh, one of their auditorium, Pacific Lutheran uh, University Auditorium. And we, I don't think it was Temple Theater. We saw them again. Anyway, we're, we're standing in line. So here's this line. Now, you have to remember that I, have been, I was Mr. Rocker Man. So the concerts I had gone to, when you stood in line, you took your life in your own hands. I mean, there, there was some crazy stuff that happened in line. So I prepped the kids beforehand, and I told them, you know, I'm responsible for you. I don't want to get in trouble. So whatever you do, you know, don't get involved with strangers. You know, if they're passing around a joint, don't take a, a, a hit off of it. You know, I, I'm prepping them, right? Well, I didn't have any idea that a Christian concert would be different than a regular concert that I'd gone to. I just, I'd never been to one. So how would I know? So we're standing in line and instead of there being a green cloud floating over the line, there were like people singing and talking and laughing. And, and I'm like, and there was like old people and young people and all in between. And, and I was like, huh, this is different. You know, I was like, uh, I don't know. This is kind of cheesy to me. You know, we're all standing there, and and I told them, okay, here's the deal: when they open the doors, you you run in, you give them your ticket, and you run as fast as you can to the front of the auditorium, right next to the stage, because that's the best seat in the house. Forget sitting in a seat. We're going to be right up in the front. Now, this is before, ladies and gentlemen, this is before there was anything known as a mosh pit. Seriously, there wasn't mosh pits back then, and I just told him the coolest place is if you want to be right up in front so you can like almost touch the people that are playing so you can see what notes they're playing and how, and what they're wearing and what the, you know, I just, 
I prepped him, man. I prepped him good. I'm telling you. So the doors open. I told him now, be careful because you don't want to get trampled because it gets crazy when the doors open. And you know, just hold your own. Be be in groups of two or three. You know, just don't. You know, and, and let's keep a hold of each other. You know, let's get in there, but let's get down to the front as quick as we can. Well, the doors open, and. Instead of pushing and shoving, people are saying, oh, excuse me. Sorry, pardon me. And I'm like, what? What? This isn't rock and roll. Anyway. <laughs> so they take our tickets and they rip them you know, in half and we get the other stub, you know, and, and we walk in and everybody's like standing around talking and, you know, it's like, what? So anyway, th- my kids, of course, are running. So we look like idiots. We're running through the auditorium, through the lobby into the auditorium. Nobody else is. And we run down to the front and we're there. We're right in front of them. We're right at the stage <laughs> and, you know, people are kind of filtering in and I'm like, what, what? So there's like 2000 people at this concert, or at least I thought there was probably less than that, but here all these people start coming in and, you know, the music's going a little bit and it, it kind of looked cool. I was kind of, it was like, all right. And as the music got a little louder, they're prepping our ears, you know, cause concerts are supposed to be loud. And, and the first band was going to take their, the, take their stage and and uh, they were a warm-up band i think as i recall they were called the servicemen never had heard of them in my life the the headlining act was called daryl mans the daryl mansfield band and from what we had heard um i had heard an interview with him on the radio and heard a little bit of his music it was pretty heavy it was like a heavy metal kind of sound kind of like a blues heavy metal but anyway, the crowd's kind of getting restless and, and the lights go down and, and the, the band comes out. And I'm telling you what, I, I know, I, is this bad to say? But they sucked. Oh, gosh, they were the worst. They were not good at all. They, the lead singer couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. And as they began to play, I was so disappointed. And I was thinking, oh, man, it had to be cheesy, didn't it? You know, that's what I was thinking. The kids kept coming up to me and, like, screaming in my ear, Rick, can we go home? This is horrible. This sucks. You know, and I'm thinking, oh, great. We raise all this money. We drive all the way up. We rent a van. We stand in line. We come in, and then the band is horrible. And I was thinking, this is awful. And then this guy that was standing behind me, an older guy, uh, tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, just wait around. The the next guys coming on are awesome. You, You will really like them. And I said, well, I hope so. So the band gets done with their set, and they were just awful. And the lights come back up, and the kids are like, can we leave now? Because this is horrible. And I said, no, you know what? I, I heard it from a good good authority here that the next band is great. So stick around. I think it should be okay. And so they all said, yeah, sure, right. And they were just really, really disappointed. I had no idea what I was in for. The, um, we, the intermission went, and they set up the next band, and the lights went down. All of a sudden, theatrical fog started coming off of the stage, like down the stage, like at a Black Sabbath concert. And this green, these green, like laser lights started shining through it. And literally, this man in leather pants and a white t shirt, long stringy hair, with an electric guitar came out on the stage. And this is actually what it sounded like, because I found a live cut of them doing this song. And this is what it sounded like. Take a little listen. You got to understand, my mouth dropped open. And I sat in stunned silence.
so at this point, I was like, oh my gosh. And all of a sudden, the band kicks in, and they start playing, and out slides this guy with long blonde hair, leather pants, and I am sitting there with this rush. I mean, I have got a permanent smile on my face. They are rocking the house. So I'm, I'm standing there, and literally, I mean, even as I'm talking to you right now, I start kind of choking up because I don't know, but I just totally was blown away. I mean, I, it was such a rush. They were so good. The band was amazing, and they were using a language that I understood. I'd been in church where it was boring. Everything that I'd heard about God was stuffy and religious, and here were these guys that were rocking it. I mean, they were just going for it with smiles on their faces, and I mean, it, it, I was like, what the heck is this? I don't even get it. This is just amazing. And and what I felt as they were playing was like God grabbing a hold of my heart and saying, you know what? I did make you a rocker. I did make you somebody that loves this kind of stuff, and I'm trying to get through to you. And, you know, so the concert goes on, and it, it, probably 20 minutes of just straight, full-on, heavy metal blues type of, of music and uh, I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh, this is just amazing. And all my kids that I brought have these huge smiles on their faces. We are just, we are having a blast. I mean, we could even touch the guy's boot, you know, that was playing guitar. We were so close. We're watching this, and we're listening, and we're just blown away. I, I, I've never experienced anything like it. It was so awesome. Then, 20 minutes into the set, the guy goes, hey, could everybody just sit down for a moment? Now, you have to understand, I've been to a lot of rock concerts and places that do music, and you don't, you know, when the guy from the stage says, sit down, you'll laugh at him. You know, I mean, who would sit down at a, a rock concert? Well, anyway, I guess I guess at Christian rock concerts, they do this, but they all sat down. So I thought I better sit down. So I did, right there on the floor. And he flops down on the side of the stage, and he pulls his uh, his his jacket up, and he shows these cut or these scars on his wrists. And he, and he grabs his big black Bible and he opens it up and he just starts to share about his life and said how he tried to kill himself when he was a kid and and tried to sacrifice himself uh, to God on an altar at a church with a butcher knife. I mean, this guy, he had been really messed up and, and things were not going well for him. And he started to share about how he had come to know God. But he didn't use any religious terms. I mean, you never heard him say anything that you didn't understand. He was just talking like I talk to you or you talk to your friend. But it, but there was something behind what he was saying that my heart just started to beat, started to pound. I thought maybe people around me could hear my heart jump out of my chest. You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy is totally speaking to me. And you know how you can be in somewhere and somebody can be talking and you just totally relate with them. You just kind of hook up. I mean, I've had several people email me and say, well, Rick, when you're talking on the podcast, I all of a sudden just go, I can totally relate. And you just hook up and it just this causes a, a physical reaction inside of you. That's what was happening to me. I think I think that was the day that God was just trying to really open my heart to things that were bigger than me. And he was using this long-haired, stringy-haired guy, 
you know, that that played harmonica and and sang and jumped around on the stage and played this crazy music. He was using that guy to speak to my heart. And I was totally hearing it. I, I don't know what was going on that day, but it, I think God had my number. My number was up because there I was. And I listened to every word. You know, most of the people in that place listened to every word he said. There wasn't a lot of talking going on. I mean, there was something going on when he was talking. And he wasn't preaching, per se, like you and I would call preaching. He was just talking to us. He was sharing his heart. And as he did that, it was just full of life. I mean, I just I saw life coursing through this guy. He was a very positive guy. He had a lot going for him, I could tell. And he was just simply sharing a message, a very simple message. And what he shared with us was very easy but profound. And that is he started talking about one of my favorite artists that um, I enjoyed at the time, Ronnie James Dio. And he knew Ronnie James. And he had worked with him on a couple of projects and had gotten with him and and got invited to go to one of his concerts. So he went to one of the concerts, and he was very disappointed because at one point during the concert, and I think a lot of this is done out of theatrics and stuff, but Ronnie James was on the side of the stage, and one of the lines from the song is, "Don't you?" an angel stood before me and said, don't you want to go to heaven? And and Ronnie put up the you know the rock sign with his hands and said, uh, said no, because we're all going to go to hell! You know, and, every, and the crowd went, wow! And Daryl, the guy, Daryl Mansfield, was the guy's name that had had been singing and sharing, and he just he said, you know, that just really ticked me off, and it made me sad because all these kids weren't hearing the truth. I mean, who's the expert on hell? Don't you think the Bible has a lot to say about hell? You know, Ronnie James Dio doesn't really know about it, and he's out there saying, don't you want to, you know, because we're all going to go to hell, and all the kids are excited, and and so he started to talk about what the Bible described as hell, and it sent shudders. I mean, shivers down my spine, and I started to shudder thinking about, you know, the Bible really is an authority on spiritual things, obviously, (laughs) you know. I mean, whatever you believe about the Bible, I mean, it it is a historical book, and there's some things in it that are very fascinating, to say the least. But anyway, as he shared some of the things about what hell was really like, you know, he said, you know, there's not going to be parties in hell. There's not going to be, you know, illicit sex and, and keggers and all these different things. He said, you know, the Bible says that in hell there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's a place you don't want to go. And it wasn't made for human beings anyway. It was made for the devil and, and all his angels that followed him. And so he's sharing this stuff. It's profound truth, you know, but he's not doing it in a way that's, that's um, I don't know, it just, it just really made me go, wow, there really is a spiritual fight going on. And, and maybe some of the things that I've been listening to or thinking about don't necessarily have what what the truth is on it. Who are they listening to? Where are they getting their information from? And I don't know, but something kind of snapped on the inside of me, and I went, you know what? I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to be fooled. I want to do what's right. And he started talking about how much God loved us and cared about us and just shared how God could be real in our lives without being religious. And I think that's really what changed my whole perspective on things. That's why I do what I do. That's why I talk like I talk, because... God isn't religious. He isn't some stuffy, thou shalt do this and thou shalt not do that, and some organized type of of um, putting God in a box and rules and regulations and all this junk. That's not God. God was the one who, who loves me and cares about me. So this guy just started sharing about how Jesus had come to the earth and walked this earth and was cool and and uh, helped people and healed people. And, and then he said he would talk a little bit more later on during the concert about how uh, Jesus had changed his life. And I'll tell you what, man, he had me hooked. 
There was something about his genuineness and being authentic. I I just my heart was beating 100 miles an hour, and I didn't even know what I. I just had this overwhelming sense that I needed, I needed to do something with what he was saying, and then they go back into rocking. I mean, they just they start rocking again. So here, here's this guy that's totally relating to me and playing music that I'm I'm blown away by. He's such a great musician, and and the band was so good. But you know, he connected with me, and I'm telling you, I didn't know what to think. There was such a flood of emotion, and at the same time, an answer to what I've been looking for. My heart, you know, I've been searching. You know how I snuck to church looking for an answer, and I didn't find the answer I was looking for. I was looking all over the place, and. I felt like right then and there, I found the answer. Something was happening to me, and it was such a different feeling. Never had it before. So it was pretty cool. And, and so they rocked hard and did a bunch of different stuff. And he finally just started sharing the fight between good and evil, which I spoke about last week as well. And he talked about how there was a there was a fight for our very soul and that we were created and made by God and, and that we had a purpose and a reason for living and that, that if we would just simply give our hearts over to God, we could find out what that was. And we could we didn't have to be cookie-cutter Christians. We didn't have to be check our brains at the door. We didn't have to become these weird people that wear the three-piece suits and the horned rim glasses and say, Hello, brother, how are you today? That's not what we had to become. So he's speaking my language, man. He's saying, you know, you can be unique. You can be you. You can rock out. You can love God at the same time. You just need to get your heart right with the Lord. And I'm like, whoa, this is so crazy. So he does this thing that that we call an altar call in Christianity, in churches and stuff. And an altar call simply means this: it's where they give a they give a uh, a thing where they say, "Would you like to come forward? I'll pray for you," kind of thing. And so people come forward from their seats, and um, and they come forward to a to the stage or the platform or whatever. And then the preacher or the pastor or whoever will pray with the people, and that's called an altar call. So you're being called to the altar. At this point, I had gone back to some seats in the back because 
my heart was beating and I was I was all sweaty and everything. And I'd gone back to sit with the chaperone and a few of the kids had come back with me. But uh, as Daryl was speaking and talking about his relationship with God and how we just needed to pray and ask God into our hearts, he asked if people wanted to come forward and do that with him. And, and uh, I was like, no way, no way. I will not do this in front of everyone. No, I am too embarrassed. I'm not going to do it. My heart's beating out of my chest. Just about the time that I'm thinking this, he says from the stage, now I know some of you are embarrassed. You don't want to come down, you know, and that's cool. You can say the prayer at your seat. And he says this prayer. It's not a magic little prayer, but he just said this cool prayer. And it was so, it wasn't um, intimidating. It wasn't um, religious. It was basically, Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. And 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 I know you rose again from the dead. And I, I just give you my heart right now. I want to serve you however I can help me be the person you want me to be. I said the prayer right at my seat. I mean, I I literally looked at the chaperone to think maybe he can hear my heart beating really loud because it was beaten out of my chest. And I said that prayer and I, I don't know how to, no fireworks went off. No, I didn't fall over a twitch or anything like that. Nothing strange happened, but I can say this there was something that clicked on the inside of me and this peace came over me that I had never, ever experienced. It was it kind of answered that gnawing, that insecurity inside of me. Do I fit? Do I belong? Is there something for me? Where am I going to go? What, am I, what does my future hold? All that stuff just kind of culminated in this peace that said, you know, I don't know the answers to all of that, but I do know one thing. I've just made a decision to follow after God. And... I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, I just I just said a prayer. I just, I, I became one of them, one of those weird people that I, I heard about, those born again people, you know, born from above people. Oh my gosh, I couldn't even believe, <laughs> you know, I was thinking, oh, this is going to go over real well with my family, I can tell already. And I was just thinking to myself, what am I doing? What am I doing? Because he didn't coerce me, he just shared the truth with me. And I I felt like he was speaking to me, even though there was 2,000 people there, I, I felt like he was talking to me. And God got, had my number. Well, a bunch of the kids had gone forward and given their hearts to God, too. And we all looked at each other like, what now? <laughs> what have we done? And it was just a really kind of cool experience. And then then he played a song. And I want to play the song for you because it just it was such a cool song. And it, it changed. I don't know. It's just it's something you remember when you give your heart over to God. You have some epiphany moment when you finally do something that you know you should have done for a long time things around it you associate with it and i just want to play the song that that he played it's called he is overcome and uh, i'll be back after that to talk a little bit about uh, what's coming up next week but i thought i'd share the song with you this is uh, by daryl mansfield and you can find him at um, uh, myspace.com slash daryl mansfield or do a search for daryl mansfield on uh, google and you'll find him and you can pick up his albums on itunes and I really recommend you getting some of his stuff. It's really, really good. But here's the song that I heard uh, when I gave my heart to God. Revelation for mankind to see 
Oh, oh, oh. 
Yes, he is over. You know, sometimes in the studio you can just um, put the music in and then just call it good. But I just sat there and listened to the whole song, and I got a little emotional because it brought back a, a lot of really good memories to me of of that final. I don't know. I just finally had a purpose in life, and it it was it was so fulfilling inside my heart. You know, things things aren't always what they seem to be. You know, and there's a lot more going on around us. I think than we we. Uh, realize sometimes there's a real spiritual fight going on for our very souls and i don't know i just for me it just kind of hit home i finally realized that i needed to to receive god into my life and i did that he's a lot closer i think than most of us think he is you know i mean no matter what we do we're all we all make mistakes none of us are perfect and i think god grabs us with things that we can relate to that's how he that's how he leads us. That's how he grabs a hold of us. He uses things around us that we like. He made us that way. He knew I liked rock and roll. He knew that I that I liked um theatrical stuff. He knew that I liked the lights and the fog and and people being genuine and that's what it just changed my life because I came in contact with somebody that had God living on the inside of them. And so anyway, that's as far as I'm going to go there cuz I'm getting too <laughs> emotional. <laughs> But I just, I guess I just wanted to share that with you. That's kind of what got me on to my whole idea of of serving God and, and helping people because I just saw if, if one man could do that with his music, I just knew that I could make a difference with my life in people's lives as well. And it, it, it gave me an answer for these kids, you know, and I was excited about that. Next week, I'm going to talk about uh, the ride home because we had a really interesting conversation on the way home in the van. You know, we had been listening to Twisted Sister on the way up, so I'm going to call next week. We're not going to take it, a.k.a. the drive home. <laughs> you got to find out what the kids' reaction to this whole thing was and how I dealt with trying to tell the church that I had come to know God even though they thought I already knew him. So that was quite an interesting story, and I'll tell you all about it uh, next week, so you, you'll want to tune in for that. Well, there you go. That's Take Him With You for this week. I just want to say thank you again for listening. Um, I make no apologies for my story. It's quite a wild one, and and, and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not trying to be preachy on you. Please understand that. But I do believe that God has a plan for our lives. I'd like to say a quick prayer for you, um, and uh, if you'd let me do that, uh, just stay tuned here, and I'll, I'll pray right now. Father, I lift up my friend to you right now, and I I ask that you would bless them and help them during their day today, whatever time of day it is, uh, that you grab a hold of their heart, and just like you have given me purpose and and a life uh, worth living, I pray that you would do that as well with my friend today, that whatever's going on in their life, whatever circumstance they find themselves in, I pray that you would be the peace that comforts them, 
and that somehow, someway, we would be opened up really to the fight that's going on around us spiritually. Hopefully, Lord, we would be people that would respond to you and do what you created us to do because that's when we're the happiest. So I just thank you again for my friend and ask you to bless them today, help them with everything that they need help with. And uh, I just give you honor and I thank you, Lord, for grabbing a hold of my life and showing me my purpose. It's really cool of you, God. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, listen, if you want to um, give some comments on the program, that would be great. Email me, rick at takehimwithyou.com. Rick at takehimwithyou.com. If you'd like to help us um, continue to do the program and support us some way, that would be awesome. Visit our website at takehimwithyou.com. Click on Donate or go to the newsletter, and we'll send you a newsletter every week on Monday that you'll really, really enjoy called The Weekly Encouragement. Anybody that gets like 20 bucks or more gets that. And uh, we would certainly appreciate any help you could give us. Uh, this is an experiment of our family, and we're just trying to encourage everybody every week and at the same time be able to support our family. So if you could do that, that'd be great. But we really look forward to uh, your emails and your audio comments. Send them to rick at takehimwithyou.com. That's rick at takehimwithyou.com. Or you can snail mail me if you want it. Rick and Amy Moyer. 911 Chico Lane in Aberdeen, Washington, 98520. It's 911 Chico Lane, Aberdeen, Washington, 98520. And you can get all that information at takehimwithyou.com. I want to say one last time thank you to all of you that have sent in donations and support. And uh, I'm available to do speaking in different places if you want me to come speak or if you'd like me to do audio bumpers for your podcast or for a radio show or you need a jingle done for a commercial or anything like that, please don't hesitate to give me an email, rick at takehimwithyou.com. All right, bless you guys. Have a great and a fantastic rest of the uh, remainder of your day. And I will be back next week with a brand new show called We're Not Gonna Take It, a.k.a. The Ride Home. You don't want to miss any of it. Have a great day. God bless you. This is Rick Moyer. And don't forget to take him with you. Take Him With You is a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright 2009. All rights reserved. The music used on today's show um, by Daryl Mansfield is really, really cool stuff. And if you'd like more information on Daryl Mansfield and his ministry, you can visit him at www.myspace.com slash Daryl Mansfield. You will find all sorts of cool stuff and great music, and you can buy his CDs there. I recommend it highly. Greetings, Guildies. I'm Kenny. And I'm Jenny. And we're the host of a brand new podcast, Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast of the web series The Guild. 
Each month, we'll bring you the latest news about the Guild cast, including what projects they're working on and what conventions they'll be attending. Also, we'll be updating you on the current season, be it Season 2, which is currently airing on MSN Video, or Season 3, which is in the early pre-production stage. We'll talk about some behind-the-scenes fun of Season 2, as well as having cast, crew, and fan interviews. So head over to iTunes and subscribe to Knights of the Guild. Or go to our website for a direct download at knightsoftheguild.podbean.com. Zaboo! <laughs> She's also very bold yes. and um, not afraid to back down. I mean, she stands up to Tarkin right. on the bridge of his ship. Yep, she does. And says some, something to the extent of, um, the more you tighten your grip, the more systems will slip through your fingers. He's like towering over oh, Vader yeah, and, and Tarkin she's not both. Afraid. And she's, I think that was a nice choice too. Not only is Carrie Fisher very smart uh-huh. and um, articulate, but she's small. So it's a yes. nice contrast to see this small woman be so independent and fierce, you yeah. know, standing up against something that's so much bigger than her. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And when you're not listening to this glorious podcast, we would love to have you listen to ours. The Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com.